0: Hello, everybody. Two very exciting pieces of news before we begin today's extremely fun episode. Uh, if you want to see a video version of this extremely fun episode with special guest Lasercorn, you can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash night. It's available to everyone who subscribes over there. All tiers, patreon.com slash night. And the other is that we have an amazing new Stay Safe, Come Hard t-shirt available on our merch store, which is merch.latenight.com. Once again, the words on that shirt are, and get ready, Stay safe, hard, and come. Those are available at merch.ladennight.com Enjoy the episode, won't you? So, Rachel and I are fully vaccinated now. Oh, that's awesome., Ugh, it's so much relief. We're still not out of the two week like window, so we're not about to, like, you know go on a cruise boat or something yet. But I'm still reluctant to, like even go to a restaurant or something like we've been keeping it locked down pretty tight, even fully
1: vaccinated. Wow. So when you say go to a restaurant, you mean inside or you won't even do dine out?
0: No, I do outside, but like inside, I think. Is probably fine fully vaccinated. I don't know how fine, and it depends obviously on how many other people are there, but I can feel my own personal reluctance to start doing stuff again, and I'm not sure that makes intellectual sense. (laughs)
1: Yeah, because now you're vaccinated. I'll be vaccinated May 5th, so.
2: Oh, me too. That's also my vax date. That's my number two. Vax buddies. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) My friends dragged me to an outdoor bar like two weekends ago. I was really dragging my feet on it. And it's like, there's nobody around us. We're sitting outside. We're having beverages. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, I kept automatically like putting my mask back on. And it could not make eye contact. And I was like, this is weird. (laughs) All I do is think about the bros. And now I'm with the bros. And I can't. I can't. It's sort of like, oh, what is it? The Play-Doh cave shadow bullshit. Mm -hmm. I see the shadows on the wall
1: and I don't want him. (laughs) Is it because you're still scared of the virus or is it because you've forgotten how to interact with other humans?
2: Yeah, I mean, I credit this podcast with being the only reason I remember how to form sentences and interact with humans. (laughs) There is just sort of like the reticence. Like, I don't know about everyone else, but like I've definitely been isolating myself even like digitally in the past couple of months, especially where it's like, I'm desperate to see people. I'm desperate to talk to people. I also am so overwhelmed. I'm like a little Chihuahua on the Fourth of July hiding in a bathtub. Like, that's kind of where my brain is right mm-hmm. now, in a bathtub, in the tiny body of a Chihuahua.
1: That's an adorable mental image. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Other vaccinated thing, Dave, which a situation you're in, too, is where you have fully vaccinated adults, but the whole family is not fully vaccinated. And then it becomes like what do you fucking do? Yeah. Like, it's such a weird position to be in. So, for example, I wouldn't take Audrey to an indoor restaurant
1: mm-hmm.
0: because she's not inoculated yet. Yeah. And there's no right answer, right? It's just personal risk tolerance. Probably the, you know, kids aren't going to be super hit by it anyway. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean you don't want to make them sick and then have them be a vector. It's a complicated thing.
2: Right. I know nothing about like what the timeline for kids and like vaccinations look like right now because I don't have a child.
1: (laughs) Well, actually, LAUSD is talking about vaccinating all families before returning to school in fall. And I'm like, how are you planning on doing that? When they say families in the email we got, I'm not sure if they mean like the adults in the families. I'm like, because there is no kids vaccine. I think certain companies are testing it. But yeah, it's not there yet. So I assume they mean adults.
0: That's right. They go down the line. Hmm. Yeah, because it's like, I know they're testing 12 to 16-year-olds now. Mm -hmm. So that now that the adult clinical trials are done and very safe, they're like, Mm -hmm. okay, now we'll move on to the next. What I don't know is when they're planning on starting that, some places probably have already started. Mm -hmm. But when that data comes out, you know, it's going to be probably at least six months for kids under 12, if not more. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. But there's no way that can mean kids before
1: the fall. Well, yeah, when they said families, they probably mean the adults in the family. And I got to get mine a little early because they were doing this thing called pods, Mm -hmm. where if someone in your family is vaccinated, you can get vaccinated too. And so my wife is in healthcare, so I got vaccinated.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's
1: great. But yeah, it is crazy. And like, you don't want your kids to like, forget how to like play with other kids and stuff too. No. How old is your child? So, I have two now. We're fostering to adopt. I have Tyler, who is six, and that's not big news yet. It hasn't quite broken. And then I have Amir, who is two. Amir, we're fostering, and Tyler's my biological child. But Tyler is like actively aware of the pandemic, and he's like, I hate the coronavirus and stuff.
0: <laughs> Amir doesn't really know what's going on yet. Yes, Audrey has said the same. Yeah. The fostering thing is exciting, man. It is, it's very exciting. We were just talking about it before. What sort of spurred the... It's something we've been talking about since after
1: Tyler was born. It's like, okay, if we did have another kid, you know, how would we go about it? Brina, my wife, mentioned that she did not really like being pregnant. And I had mentioned that, you know, something really good to do for a child who didn't have a permanent family and stuff would be like, it would be really cool to adopt. Give them a home. We have a home. We have a, a little boy who wants a brother, has been asking for a brother for a while. And so kind of just all the pieces were there and it just seemed like yes. the thing to
0: do. So we did it. We started the whole process before coronavirus, actually. Because it takes like a long time, right? It, it's It's not like a short process.
1: Yeah, you got to take classes, home inspections, interviews, do all that stuff. And then the home inspections were supposed to be in person. And then they're like, hey, you know, we're not sending people to do in-person inspections right now because of the pandemic. So that kind of got slowed down. And yeah, there was a waiting period where they're just like, we don't know what the process is. But they finally came and did the walkthrough. They were wearing masks and everything and, you know, sanitizing and stuff. And we temperature checked them. And we did the whole thing and we finally got it done. (laughs) And then there was just like a little wait time where it's like, okay, we're looking for a kid who's looking for a permanent home because some people foster, you know, just until reunification. So we told them we wanted a boy between the ages of two and seven who was looking for permanent placement. And they they finally got back to us and they're like, we have a match. You want to go meet him? And we met him, fell in love, and we brought him home like a week later.
0: We brought him to our home. That's incredible. Yeah, so it's exciting. That's amazing. I love that. Could you tell what it was like for him? Like did he adjust pretty quick or was it really hard at first? (laughs) There was definitely an adjustment period and
1: he pretty much started calling us mama and daddy right away. So that part worked out, but like he didn't want to sleep in his bed in his room, his new bed. Uh He would like cry and cry and like come out and go sleep on the couch. So we think that was part of the adjusting and like, Looking back, he would be like, car, car. I'm like, oh, you want to go in the car for a ride? And he would calm down. But now looking back, I'm wondering, I'm like, oh, was he trying to go home? Like, I don't know. He would just fall asleep a lot of times and wind up back at home. Oh, yeah. Who knows Mm. at that age? Yeah. And when he came, he didn't speak English. He spoke a little bit of Spanish, but, you know. Two, so two year old level Spanish. My Spanish is, yeah, I speak un poco <laughs> a little. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was definitely an adjustment phase, but now he's pretty much one of the family. He runs around, follows his brother everywhere, wants to do everything he's doing, you know. Oh, of course. Yeah. When Tyler runs and jumps on me, he's like, daddy, and runs and jumps on me too. And yeah, it's been good. We're really happy with the decision to do it. So if you're thinking about fostering, it might not be right for everyone, but if you're thinking about it, we did have a good
0: experience. So yeah. That's so great, man. It's incredible. I love that you're doing it and that it's going so great. Thank you. And I can't wait to meet him. Yeah, yeah. Like, we were just texting the other day about this and getting the families together again. We did a a lovely cookout at your place. God, that was probably like two years ago now, man, right? (laughs) Like, I can't even imagine. Yeah, in the way back, the long ago, before the apocalypse. (laughs) Yeah, totally.
2: So what's the connection between you
0: two? How did you guys meet? I think the first time we ever met was at a Nintendo thing, right? I think that was it. That's what I was going to say at the Switch, like, launch event.
2: Fucking gamers.
0: Yeah, hell yeah. (laughs) Professional (laughs) gamers. So it was, like, a Switch, like, right before it came out. So this is three years ago? Yeah, that was their launch event, was it? Yeah. It was some kind of competition, like, kind of reality show type thing where we played Switch games at different environments around LA. And there were, was it two Smosh teams and one Grumps team? Is that right? I think you might be right. I just remember they had a shootout game.
1: Yes. And they took us to an actual old Westie like environment to shoot out. And I'm like, that
0: was really fun. Everything about it was weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they take you to environments that were like correlated to the game. I remember at least one of the games that was at that old West thing, which I don't even remember. It was like up in the mountain, up in the hills somewhere. Yeah. It was a one, two switch or switch one, two, whichever it is. And I had to milk a cow there. I remember. Yes. I think it was me versus Flitz. A real cow? No, no, no. A switch
2: cow. I'm pretty sure you're covering for the fact that it was a real cow.
1: Oh, wait, I'm thinking of something else. I did have to milk a cow for a thing, but that was something completely different.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was for the fostering application.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like, can you milk a cow? What if you have to milk a cow to feed your child? No, that's right. Because you had to hold the top button and then pull down and it would
0: squirt milk. Ah, I remember. Yeah, that's right. Well, the thing I really remember about that was there was this donkey there with definitely the largest penis I have ever ever seen. Do you remember this? I don't remember the donkey penis. Oh, dude. Yeah, this totally normal sized donkey there. And there was just a group of us standing around it, like watching this thing. (laughs) In awe. In awe with a fully erect donkey penis that it was slapping against its stomach (laughs) over and over. That sounds painful. Well, we were like, what is that animal doing? What is going on? And someone's like, oh, it's jerking off. That's how they do it. Oh,
1: okay. Then not painful, I guess. It was a little weird that you all started throwing
2: dollars at it around then. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> it
0: was a hot donkey.
1: I had the money gun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the other thing I remember about that event was we would drive around in cars in our team, and they had this like checklist of things that we had to do in Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Except it was the demo version, and so it would reset after, I think, 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And so you had to like check off all these things. One was like, pick 10 apples. And this is the first time anyone's played this game. So we have no idea what the fuck is going on. So we had to keep like showing it to the guy from Nintendo, whatever, being like, look, 10 apples, we did it, you know, (laughs) over and over again. And then it kept resetting. It was like very, very annoying. Yeah, I do remember
1: that. But I ended up falling in love with Breath of the Wild. Oh, yeah. I beat the game and I spent a lot
0: of time in that game. Probably my favorite game of all time now. I loved it. And they gave us copies at the end. I'll tell you the other thing I remember about that. So Game Grumps won mm-hmm. that. It was me, Ross, and Barry. Spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, For this Spoilers. three-year-old event that took place. <laughs> <laughs> and then the prize was we got, they were very specific about this, three Switch to give away to the fans. Mm-hmm. And they said, uh, you can't say Switches. If you say Nintendo Switches, we'll be mad. You have to say you have three Switch. Okay, fine. And we were like, okay, well, we have these switches because we don't play by your rules, man. <laughs> and we wanted to donate them to the children's hospital rather than, you know, give away to fans. we well, like, give them to sick kids. And they didn't want us to do it. They were like, no, you have to it was like with the lawyers. We had to get involved. And it all came down to the language of they said you have to do a giveaway, but what they originally said was give away. And so we got into all this wrangling about what a giveaway was versus giving away. Uh Uh-huh. And it (laughs) turns out that this is not a surprise to many people. Nintendo is very litigious and very lawyery. But I spent, it was like a week arguing with lawyers online about whether or not we could just donate some video game systems to the children's (laughs) fucking hospital. Oh, my God. Still makes me (laughs) mad.
1: Oh, my God. Who at the company, though, thought it was a good idea to be like, let's not let them give the switches to six kids.
2: (laughs) Right. You just walk into the hospital and you go, we're doing a giveaway. You win, you win, you win. Take your
1: switch, plural. Yeah. We're giving them away. You have a bag of switch. Yeah. Not switches. And you give them away.
0: Do they even internally call like a plurality of switches Switch? Who the fuck knows? I've never heard anyone say this.
2: Why would they have a problem with Switches? I don't know. Do they think it's like a BDSM, like Switch thing? Then why call your thing the Switch? All right.
0: We were told when this first came to Grumps, it was like, hey, let's get some people together to do this. I remember Brent being like, you should know what you're getting into if you do a Nintendo thing. (laughs) And he was
1: totally, totally right. Would they be mad if you called it a gaggle of Switch? (laughs) (laughs) multiple switches are a gaggle yeah a
0: murder of switches yes a murder of switches yeah
1: (laughs) a flock of switch i like flock flock works really well flock of switches yeah we actually had a problem too i believe back in the smosh games days i don't even remember what game we were playing but we played the game and at some point we had called yoshi a dinosaur (laughs) and they sent us an email that's like Yoshi is not a dinosaur. He is a Yoshi. (laughs) We're like, but you find him in Dinosaur Land. And like, it was a whole thing. And they wanted us to like reshoot that part. Cease
2: and desist.
1: Yeah. And we're like, this is a silly thing to be arguing about. Really? They wanted you to reshoot it? Reshoot it or cut it out. I don't remember. That's so dumb. But yeah, they didn't want us calling Yoshi a dinosaur in the video. But you find him in Dinosaur Land.
0: (laughs) Oh my God.
2: I love that Nintendo is... Highly litigious, unless it's like an ice cream truck that has bootleg Spongebob and Mario (laughs) on it. I saw one of those yesterday and I was just so excited because it wasn't like, you know, one of the nice printed, like, here's all our ice creams. It was like Tweety Bird, maybe Scooby-Doo, very badly painted, unlabeled van Uh playing eerie music, like van in the middle of nowhere, off-key music. It's great. I just love finding a haunted ice cream truck.
1: Nintendo's probably afraid of that van. Nintendo's like, we're going to leave that van alone.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it when they have the eyeballs, and the eyeballs start melting and get, like, deformed. Oh, yeah. And then they just shit off. That's so great.
2: Dude, just the other day, I found one of those melted on the sidewalk completely. So it was just, like, puddle, stick, two, like, lines of the eyes having, like, drifted (laughs) as it melted. It was truly horrifying.
1: That's amazing. Brian, have you seen the Ninja Plumber van at all? I think I tweeted you about this once.
0: You did. And then guess who we hired to do our plumbing? The ninja plumber? The ninja plumbers. Did you tell him that he's
1: stealing your likeness and he should absolutely be paying you royalties?
0: (laughs) I was very, very tempted to say something, you know, as like, oh, from, you know, ninja, blah, blah, blah. First of all, they were great. Like, I loved this company. Like, they were fantastic. They did a really good job and were super nice. But I was very tempted because we had this Ninja logo parked outside our house for a day or two. And I kept almost saying something and Mm -hmm. then never did it.
2: (laughs) I think that's funnier. Also, I'm sorry that I just put two broken-ass links in the chat. It's just important that you look at it.
1: I love when Zencaster works. All right, I'm going to look at this. Please read it. Plumber, only because full-time multitasking ninja is not an actual job title.
0: Uh, fuck you guys cuz it is and I do it. <laughs>
1: yeah. That is exactly your job description. It really is.
0: I
2: love finding just the font nightmare designs where it's like I'm a trucker and I'm married to a nurse and we're super <laughs> cool and like they're just so highly specific. <laughs> Like, cyclists who were born in February
0: are built different. What is, actually, looking at the fonts on this is very interesting. You've got, like, a sports font, like a baseball kind of thing for plumber.
1: Oh, this is fun. What do you guess these fonts are titled if you were to go to DeFont? Oh. That first one's take me out to the Ball Game" for sure.
0: Yeah. And then the next one is, like, cursive. Is only because it's in cursive. I'm going to guess it's the name of some city in Italy. I'm going to say it's called Naples. Yeah. Oh,
1: perfect.
2: I think that the Ninja font is probably like Cartoon Splash. Yes. Which is what that shit is always called.
0: Or like Sketchpad. Yeah. (laughs) I like that a lot. Full-time looks like it's Chicago. It might be. Like the actual Chicago font, but it's not quite 8-bitty enough.
2: Is not an actual feels like Georgia to me. Like that looks pretty Georgia. It's not Times New Roman, like Georgia, probably.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, dang. You guys actually know fonts really well. Uh, <laughs> I was just yeah. making this stuff up, I'm guessing. I dropped
2: out of art school. No, brilliant bit. I love this hyper specific genre of thing. Oh, have I told this story on the show? Have I told you about the Pinterest trucker?
0: <laughs> no.
2: Great. So I like Pinterest. Pinterest is a pretty good website. It's really annoying when you don't have a Pinterest, but once you have a Pinterest, because like, listen, folks, if you're an artist or you do any sort of art shit, Pinterest is your friend. It's not just like, I'm going to save mason jars for my wedding. It's like, you can have a nice comprehensive library of stuff. I save a lot of reference images there for when I'm doing art. Anyway, there is a messaging system on Pinterest. And I didn't know this until one day I open it up and I have a message from this guy who responded to one of the things that I pinned. Oh, fuck, he deleted his account, so I don't have it anymore. This is so sad. But basically, I had pinned a picture of a girl holding a knife or whatever. And he responded to it messaging me saying, cool pick, scary but hot. And he continued to send like this kind of stuff to me. <laughs> And then like it got into more aggressive memes, essentially, of the sort of like, people might not like what I have to say, but at least I'm honest, like that flavor. And so I was like, who the fuck is this guy? And then I go to his Pinterest and it's all trucker memes. Everything is a trucker meme.
1: Give me an example of a trucker meme. What is the target demo for Pinterest? I would not be like truckers. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) Yes,
2: Exactly. You know, the Zone Twitter account?
0: I do not. You're not familiar with the share zone?
1: I am also not familiar. Please elaborate.
0: What the fuck? Okay. How do you spell that? The share zone. Oh, like D A share zone. Yeah. Oh, the O is a zero. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, yes. Okay, got it. <laughs> this is very funny.
2: Anyway, I go through his account and I get to a board that's marked with like a heart and not only were there trucker memes, there were like the Harley Quinn Joker style like relationship memes. Like, she was his queen, and I was like, wait a second, this man's in a relationship, and he's sliding into my Pinterest DMs. He has two followers. One is a spam account, and the other is his wife. And so I go to the wife's account. Oh, shit. Also, trucker memes, but a specific flavor of memes for the wives of truckers. Like, an entire board about being possessive over her, like... Her trucker. Yeah, it was all about this. So it was like, okay, these two are definitely married. And I followed both of them on Pinterest for a long time. And they would constantly like post new trucker meme content. And you know, I never talked to the wife or anything of just like, your dude's sliding into the DMs or random women on Pinterest. But like both of the accounts disappeared. Did this guy keep DMing you? He maybe did it like a handful of times, but each
0: time it was just gold diamonds content. Were there pictures of yourself on your Pinterest? Could he tell anything about you other than what you liked?
2: No, 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 no. He was just sending me like random pictures that I had pinned of like a random woman. Like, this is hot, dude.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if the wife found out and that's why both the accounts disappeared. She's like, how dare you? See, I've thought about this for
2: so long. Okay, I found a trucker lover Pinterest board. I can't
1: believe I've never seen DeShareZone before. Yeah, I'm surprised. Desherzon just got a new follower. I am fully on board with this. Yeah, okay, done. Me too.
0: (laughs) They keep misspelling T-O-2 as (laughs) Mm T-O-O. That's very funny. Yeah,
2: that's the whole bit.
0: Here's one that's, (laughs) it's a skeleton with a bunch of police officers in a post-apocalyptic kind of wasteland and says, all cop cops, which is cop apostrophe S, are bitch. Wow.
2: I actually have a bunch of DeShare's Zone stickers. They did like an apples to apples style card game that I backed. Oh, mm-hmm. nice. Never
0: opened it. I think I put it in the trash, but you <laughs> know. Posting all night, apologizing all day.
2: I just dropped a link to a board of trucker memes.
1: They have one here that's an acronym for reopen and it's refuse to pay rent Eat ass, organized tenants, published manifesto. Uh, probably not. No manifesto. It's <laughs> the most ridiculous nonsense.
0: That's great. Probably not. All right, I'm looking at your trucker memes. I don't even understand what half of these mean. Exactly. Hold up. I don't snore. I dream I'm a Jake break. See, what does that mean?
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: Okay, there's a picture of a truck. <laughs> which is not exactly a shock, that says, okay, who put the Mac in the dryer? Yeah, who put the Mac in the dryer? Can you explain that to me? Is it just because it's clean? This is truly baffling.
2: Yeah, what's our interpretation of this? What does this mean?
0: I think it's a clean truck.
1: Oh, I got it. I got it. I can explain this. So a dryer will sometimes shrink cotton clothing. So they're saying this Mac is too small. It. someone has shrunk it.
0: Oh. oh, yes, that's it. You got it. Brilliant.
1: I am a truck meme genius. A meme Guys, if you need any other of these truck memes decoded, <laughs> I'm here.
0: <laughs> well, let's do a couple because there are definitely a few of these. Jarek, I apologize in
2: advance. I'm going to no context paste this in our late night group chat. <laughs>
0: let's see. Here's a picture of Jack Sparrow making a face and it says, the look I have when I see the price of diesel fuel.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's squinting.
0: This is amazing.
2: Based on these memes, I see that truckers don't like to update their log books. Yes. There are a lot of logbook based ones, that feeling when you hear your DOT say, can I see your log book?
1: For my next amazing act, I will make this log book legal again. And then there's a picture of a magician. <laughs>
0: There's a lot of classic meme formats here. I see Philosoraptor. Mm -hmm. I see Asian Success Kid, Dr. Evil.
2: Yeah, that's the thing about these. (laughs) It's a trucker thing you wouldn't understand over an image of just a bed with a headboard that's the front grate of a truck.
0: (laughs) Okay, I think that's enough trucker memes. There's never enough trucker memes.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, then we have the most interesting man in the world. Like, it really is a throwback to look at a simpler time in memehood.
0: Yeah, well, Leighton, you could have had your very own married memeing trucker, and you passed on the opportunity.
2: I could have been the third. I could have been the unicorn in this trucker man, trucker wife situation. I could have gotten a lot of free rides. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Speaking of blank corns, I feel like we should introduce our guest. Oh, we're now doing introductions.
2: This is way earlier than we usually do it. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> the podcast you're listening to is Late Night with Brian Wecht, which is a podcast. The other
1: one's Brian. Hi. And that's Layton.
2: Hi. Mystery guest, <laughs> would you care to introduce yourself?
1: Oh, yes. I would love to introduce myself. I am Laser Corn. That is my legal name, maybe. You don't know. Prove it's not. <laughs> where might people know you from, Lasercorn? I was a founding member of Smosh Games. I did quite a long stint there. Now I they might know me from youtube.com slash lasercorn, twitch.tv slash the lasercorn show, or Instagram.com slash the lasercorn, where I recently smashed two things with a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> did you do that? I did. Yeah, that's my most recent Instagram post. I went to Goodwill and I found a glass jar and a genie mug. And I smashed both of them with a hammer in my office, which was a terrible idea. (laughs) Not only was the cleanup process very annoying, but also I'm pretty sure I caused myself permanent ear damage.
0: I'm watching this now. This does look awful. Yeah. In terms of loud. Oh, it's an Aladdin genie mug. Yeah. Why indoors is my first question. Also, that genie mug is tight as fuck. It kind of rules, yeah. I shouldn't have done that
1: indoors, huh? (laughs) I think I thought about taking it in the backyards. First of all, that's where my table is, and I don't care about that table. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll totally smash things on this table. But it's very heavy, and I wouldn't want to drag it outside. But then also, I'm like, well, I don't want pieces of glass and plaster in my backyard where my children play. (laughs) So. Of
0: course, yes.
2: Why not just have them indoors on the floor where my children play?
1: My children are not allowed in my office normally. On special occasions, I'll let them in, but only after all the glasses cleaned up, obviously. But normally, yeah, this is a child-free zone.
0: Is that room then like forbidden fruit, especially to Tyler? Like he just wants in all the time?
1: Yeah, this is a detached garage. He's like, yeah, can we go in your office, daddy? No, no. No, daddy's office is very dangerous. There's a bunch of stuff that could very easily fall over. There's bits of broken glass. So yeah, he always wants to go in there and I usually don't let him in. Yeah. One time after I just cleaned up everything and I shampooed the carpets and everything was clean and put away, I'm like, okay, you can come in my office. (laughs) But normally, no.
0: Yeah. I also... I also have the detached garage office.
1: Yeah. Oh, detached garage office buddies.
0: Yeah, totally. It's the best. I do let Audrey in here occasionally. It doesn't have as much small stuff and like knickknacks as yours does. Mine is more of like a rehearsal space for a band. So occasionally I'll let her in here and she just sings into the PA. I'll turn on the mic and let her scream sing through a speaker which is like the greatest thing you can do when you're six. And she wails on the drums too, right? She does. Yes, she really goes nuts.
1: Dude, you should Twitch stream your rehearsals and hang out with Audrey and stuff. People would love that. I would watch that show.
0: Where's your Twitch channel? That would be fun. I'm curious. Okay, so what is your attitude towards having your kids on your feed?
1: I occasionally post pictures. I talk about them. First of all, I love your Audrey uh, conversations on your Twitter. Oh, Thanks. Sometimes I do stuff like that with Tyler. Yes, I've seen that. Yeah. When we were at Harry Potter World, I posted a picture of us like casting spells out there. So yeah, he's on my Instagram. He's not like the focus of my Instagram,
0: but he pops in. By the way, I don't think there's a right answer to this. I think there's just personal preference. We decided that once Audrey turned four, it was like no more pictures. We can still talk about her, Mm -hmm. but I didn't want to post pictures or videos anymore. Mm -hmm. And we've been generally pretty good about keeping to that. It's just, it's so hard to tell. You know, as I said, I don't think there's a correct answer. And I see people like you have kids on and people who don't. It's such a complicated question Mm -hmm. of what's going to work out for the kid in the long run is always the question. Probably nothing matters at all. And whatever's going to happen is just going to happen. Just, you know, that's my philosophy in general is total anarchy and chaos. (laughs) We are on the side of being risk averse when it comes to putting Audrey on social media.
1: Yeah, I think my general rule of thumb is never put anything embarrassing on, like, oh, he peed himself on the couch or something, or <laughs> yes, something like that. Just, like, avoid that at all costs. It's just, like, very, like, this is his Halloween costume and stuff. That's the basic rule of thumb I follow.
0: I think that's a great one. Audrey did recently say to us, we were taking some video of her, and she said, are you going to put this on the internet and I was like, uh, first of all, what does that mean? Like, what do you think that means? And of course, she has no idea. You know, this when they're that age, the internet is just a source of movies and TV shows.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, God, a simpler time. I know,
0: right?
1: Oh, I wish. Tyler will ask me, can we make a video? Oh, <laughs> can we make a video today? Yeah, that's fun. I used to have a series on my channel. I kind of stopped doing it, but it was called Get Wrecked, Son, where I would just beat him <laughs> very badly in video games. <laughs> like we would play Injustice <laughs> and I'd be like, now daddy's punching you into space. Oh, you should have blocked there. <laughs> and, <now you're, laughs> you know? and he was very little when I made the series, so he didn't know what was going on.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah, which I thought was fun.
0: That's lovely. So I'll let Audrey's voice be in videos. So, like, if we're at the zoo and she says something fun about the animals, which she always does, I'll take a little video of the animal and then she'll be talking about whatever. So, doing more gameplay stuff with her is definitely on the table for me.
2: Because she's a little gamer.
0: She's a little gamer. Oh, what games do you play with her? Well, okay, so she just beat Bowser's Fury by herself.
1: What? That's great.
0: I know, right? Some of those cat shines are not that easy to get. Mm -hmm. So, she did that. She really likes Mario 3D World, which came with it. She liked watching me play Hyrule Warriors, but it was too much for her to do really by herself. Mm -hmm. Mario is her big thing. She just loves Mario. She'll play any Mario thing.
1: Did you guys play Odyssey together?
0: We did, yes. You know what? I think she's old enough now. The first time we were doing it, she couldn't quite do it by herself. But I think she could start over and actually do it really well by herself.
1: Yeah, Tyler will ask to be, like, Cappy, and we played through that game.
0: Yeah, we did the same thing.
1: Nintendo has a really good way of creating these games that have, like, these partner systems. Yes. Where one player doesn't have to be really good at the game to contribute and, like, help out, like, the Cappy system, where I'd be like, Tyler, go get those coins or go get that power up over there. And he'd, like, fly off my head and go get that.
0: Because they can just flick the controller. Yeah. And just do it. Yeah, we did that exact same thing. It was awesome.
1: Yeah, and then in Bowser's Fury, Tyler likes being, uh, Bowser Jr. Bowser Jr., yeah. And flying around and doing that while I play the main Mario. So, yeah, Nintendo's really great about that, and we've been having a lot of fun in those games. Just,
2: God forbid, do not refer to the Switches in the plural. Yes. Or they're coming.
0: They'll come for us.
2: Full extent of the law.
0: I realize I said controllers, but I should have said Joy-Cons, or else Nintendo will be mad. <laughs> the uh, A squad has been dispatched.
1: Is Tyler a Mario Kart? Fan. Does he like Mario Kart? He used to play a lot of Mario Kart. He doesn't have to play that one anymore. He will play Mario Party, is kind of his new one. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's a team mode on there. And so he wants us to play me and him against the computers.
0: And I think they just today put out some DLC for it, didn't they? For Mario Party?
1: Yeah. Joven texted me about that. For those of you who don't know, fellow Smosh Games guy that we talk a lot, he's like, look, Mario Party update. And I'm like, oh, I look into this, but I haven't looked into it yet.
0: Yeah. I just saw people tweeting about it earlier today.
1: He saw a Pikmin Deluxe ad or something, and so we downloaded that too.
0: Oh, nice. Oh, what I was going to say about Mario Kart was, I can't put it out, but I have an amazing video of Audrey playing Mario Kart against Commander Meowch from Twerp. And this is a couple years ago now. This is maybe three years ago. So he was spending... I think it was Christmas Eve actually with us. Might've been Christmas day. And they were playing Mario Kart together and they get to the end of their, you know, four race set or whatever you call it. And you watch her face as she's like, how did I do? How did I do? And you hear me ouch go, oh, looking pretty good there, Audrey. Oh, let's see how you did. <laughs> and, <laughs> such a good me ouch. Thanks. And then her face <laughs> just does this. She's like, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> and she drops the controller and kicks it off her chair and then just looks so mad and furious and she realizes she did something wrong by kicking the controller off the chair and she just slumps down and you can hear me go oh Audrey don't kick that controller and she just <laughs> and then turns around and <laughs> and forms a little ball. It is the funniest to watch this kid go from, yay, I'm having fun playing Mario Kart with my favorite space lion, to... (sighs) (laughs) So great The transformation. I love it so much. It's so funny.
2: A plus on the Meowch impression. And then just, I really appreciate that you being her father, like, you know that 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 facial expression change that you did, which works great for an audio medium, is exactly what it looked
0: like. Yes.
2: And I need you to email me this video immediately.
0: (laughs) Oh, I will. Well, the other thing is, this is the way uh, our genetics have have worked, is when Audrey is upset, she looks like me. And when she's happy, she looks like Rachel. (laughs) I see it, yeah. And so you can watch her turn from Rachel into (laughs) me as her mood gets worse, which is, it's a very demoralizing thing as a father to be like, oh... I'm the sad part of her, and my wife is the happy part. What about when she's angry? Is that you as well? Well, that's most of the time. <laughs> yes. That's a good combination, actually. She can look like both. Rachel has this incredible smile where you can see, like, every tooth in her mouth. It's like this lights-up-every-room kind of smile. And when Audrey is happy, she has that same... Ah, that's adorable. I'm sure you can tell this with Tyler, too. Certain parts of him are exactly like certain parts of you and other parts are like your wife. Like Audrey has Rachel's feet. She has Rachel's exact feet. They are just smaller. And I'm like, oh, that part is from Rachel. And then she has my like mask. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like she has my eyebrows and kind of this part of her face looks exactly like me. I love it.
1: Yeah. Tyler's eyes are me too. He'll open his eyes real wide and do kind of the creepy stare that I do. Uh-huh. My wife is like, that's you. <laughs> that's <for> you. <laughs> yeah, I have really long eyelashes, which is a weird trait, but he also has that. So the eye area is definitely from me as well. That's funny that Audrey also has that.
2: Well, and there's also like when you yourself look in the mirror or do certain things on certain
0: days and you're like, oh Jesus, that's just like my mom. Mm. Yep. Very weird feeling. One thing that I've noticed is that I used to think, oh, I don't look like my dad that much. But of course, what I didn't take into account was that I only really knew what my dad looked like starting in his 40s. -hmm. (laughs) And (laughs) now that I am in my 40s, sometimes I'll look at a picture of myself and I'll be like, oh my God, there he is. He's right there. Wait a minute. This is how I knew he looked. And I guess I just didn't really internalize what he looked like when he was, you know, in his teens or 20s. So I find that very interesting too, because I can- 100% 100% see it now when I see pictures, 100%. <laughs>
2: I look at pictures of my mom when she was my age, and it's just like, Jesus Christ, we look like twins. Like ever since I grew my hair out. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's very, very, very similar.
0: Do you look like your dad at all?
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like eyes, definitely. But it's totally like, if I'm not wearing makeup, I look like my dad. If I'm wearing makeup, I look like my mom.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I can switch back and forth at will. Yeah, got him. Well, I think now is a good time to move on to some segments. What do you think? Yeah. Brian,
2: let's do segments.
0: Okay, great. So, Dave, our first segment is called What's Poppin'? So this is our pop culture recommendation segment. We do have another segment I wrote you about before, Peaches and Lemons. That's a great segment. This segment is my favorite segment. And it's less because of the content of the segment and more about the theme song. For the segment. Oh. Okay. So the segment's great. We get to talk about the different pop culture stuff we like. You can be books, be movies, be games, whatever. But the theme song is where this segment really is different. A lot of places do pop culture stuff. The theme song for this is really where it comes to shine. So I think it's what makes it unique. It's what makes it special for this particular podcast. It's something, you know, I'm a musician, so I wrote it myself. And I'm really, really, really proud of it. So awesome. we can think about our recommendations in just a second. But the first thing I want to do – Layton, sorry, do you have anything to add here? No, you're doing a great job, Brian. Continue. Okay, great. I usually like to throw to Layton when I'm introducing the segment. Yeah, I know. Uh, to see if she has anything to say. Layton really likes this theme song too, so she kind of gets ready for it every time. Don't put words in my mouth. <laughs> you're welcome to disagree with me. But – there's nothing to disagree with because I'm right. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to play you the theme song, and then I just want your unvarnished natural like reaction to it. Tell me why you love it, what you love about it, You know where it succeeds, where it—I would say it fails, but nothing about this fails.
1: Uh, I don't doubt it.
0: I'm sure it's 100% a hit, a banger. That's exactly what it is. All right. So I'm going to play this theme song right now.
2: What's poppin'?
0: What's popping? Oh, I'm not hearing it.
2: Thank you. Thank you,
0: Dave. Well, once again, this bit has totally failed, as it does, I think, every week now.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Brian. Yeah. You made this bed.
0: I commit this atrocity quite frequently where I introduce the theme song and then don't play it.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And Layton has told me many times that this doesn't work and that people don't understand that I'm not playing it. And she's usually right.
2: Well, and now we have the added, you know, video every once in a while. Well, you didn't see me move my
0: arm? I hear it. Okay. Right? Right. Yeah. So the bit didn't work. I'm going to play it for real right now. Okay. I'm still getting nothing. Do I need to adjust some settings? Well, I tried a new thing here where I said I was going to play it for real and I didn't. And
2: Brian, God damn it. I
0: thought it might work the second time, but it didn't. Do you want me to pretend I'm hearing <laughs> song? I can
1: do that. It's what he wants. <laughs> oh, yeah. Whoa. This is killer. This is next level. See?
0: See, the bit worked. Boom. Hell yeah. Woo. <sighs>
1: Dang.
0: Going to the billboard charts. I am going to play it for real right now. This is really it. Yeah! Great stuff! <laughs> there we go. Third time to yeah. charm. Yeah. They, oh my that's God, it. that's so Boom. good! I know, right? That is your finest work, Brian. Thank you. Your finest work ever. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes. All right. How are you feeling, Layton? I exist. <laughs> Gets better every week.
2: I exist. I'm witnessing. There are things that are going into my brain that will not be able to leave it. They will just be there. And then I see my therapist on Thursday, so.
0: <laughs> cool. Part of me perversely hopes that most of your therapy sessions are about this bit now.
2: (laughs) Dr. K, I can't fucking take it anymore.
0: (laughs) I have no other problems
2: in my life that I'm in heavy therapy for. It's only for this bit.
0: Only for this bit, yeah. (laughs) All right, I'll go first. I often will ask Layton, Dave, to give her recommendation first, but she always gets mad at me when I do that.
2: Well, and I rightfully tell you to go fuck yourself. So yes. I don't know, recommend
0: your stupid thing or whatever. I'm not saying you're wrong. All right. Sensing a lot of friction. It's fine. It's fine. Like, don't worry about it. I just wouldn't worry about it is what I'm saying. I don't worry about it. I don't think there's anything to worry about. I think it's totally fine. <laughs> okay. If you say so. <laughs> yeah. All right. What is popping for me this week? It's a book uh, that actually a friend of mine wrote that I have been meaning to read for a little while. It came out I don't know, a couple of weeks ago. And it's called The Scout Mindset by Julia Galef. So Julia is a podcast host. She has a really great podcast that I've talked about on the show before called Rationally Speaking. She's a rationalist. She's a, a writer, you know, just a very interesting and precise thinker and just an all around cool person. This is our first book. And it is basically a, I don't know if it would actually be classified as this, but it's like a self-help book for how to train your brain to kind of, think about the world, quote unquote, correctly. The scout mindset, which is what the book is titled, she contrasts that with what she calls the soldier mindset, which is to dig your heels in and defend your beliefs rather than, roughly speaking, and I'm really doing a great disservice to her thesis here, be curious and accumulate evidence and don't have so much of a stake in whether you're right or wrong. Just try to find out stuff. That description, I feel like, does it No justice at all. But the book is full of great stories about interesting ways that this mindset has helped people. She is very data driven. So she doesn't just say, hey, this is the best way to be. She says, here's some evidence why I think this is a useful way to think. Mm -hmm. I thought she was a great writer. I like whipped through this thing faster than any book I've read recently, read it in like two days. It's an easy read for such a challenging book, if that makes any sense. Like her prose is very fluid Mm -hmm. and she's a great writer. Uh, so I just highly recommend Scout Mindset by Julia Galef. I always like these books, which are a little bit self-helpy, a little bit like psychology, a lot of like pro-science, pro-rationality kind of stuff, but it doesn't really take a political viewpoint. You know, she's not going to say, oh, this party is better than that party or anything like that. She just kind of evaluates evidence of different kinds of stuff, which I think is great. So, yeah, Scout Mindset by Julia Galef. This book,
1: The Scout Mindset, will it help me slay Titans?
0: Yes, of course it will. Of course it will, yes. That's its main goal. So there's a lot of combat tips
1: in there as well. Yeah, Ooh. how to use
0: my 3D maneuvering gear correctly. Yeah, that's exactly right. Then I'll pick it up. <laughs> yeah, it's like 90% 3D <laughs> maneuvering gear and 10% psychology. Great. That's all I needed to hear. Sold. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Actually, she does a cool thing for it. I'd love to have her on it as a guest. I'll ask her. I think she watched every original series Star Trek episode and kept track of when Spock was right about stuff he says. So she has an appendix, which is, it just goes through all the original series, and it's like, Spock claim. Result. Spock claim. Result. And it turns out he's wrong a lot and always thinks he's right.
2: So it sounds like this book was an excuse to stealth publish this appendix.
0: (laughs) You know what? I am very curious about this. Like, I don't know if she was a Star Trek fan before this, but that's like, I forget how many episodes there are, 60-something, I think. That's a lot of hours spent watching Star Trek for a book. So if we ever have her on, I will ask her about this.
2: I mean if you're doing it anyway. Yeah. It's like how do I make this more productive? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought it was
0: interesting though cuz you know Spock has this legacy of being like the ultimate rationalist, right? Mm-hmm. Everything is based on logic and blah blah blah. And what she illustrates I think pretty compellingly is that yes, that's good, but he also assumes everybody else thinks like that, mm-hmm. which you know, unless you're a Vulcan, you don't. And so he's routinely wrong because he's going to assume that you're going to behave what he would consider rationally, but no one ever does that. So he gets, like, how other alien races and stuff are going to behave wrong most of the time because he doesn't understand how non-quote-unquote rational thinkers think.
2: And would you spell your friend's name so if people want to look him up?
0: Her name is Julia Galef, J-U-L-I-A-G-A-L-E-F. She has a really, really great Twitter too. I think she's at Julia Galef, where she manages to actually have conversations with people on Twitter, which is shocking. Yeah. About like, I don't want to say controversial because that's the wrong attitude, but like real stuff. You know, she will ask questions that are not Conventional wisdom. Sometimes they flout what is now kind of liberal orthodoxy. She never says anything horrible or anything like that, but she will just ask questions about, like, hey, is this actually true kind of stuff? And by that, I mean the kind of stuff that would easily get you yelled at on Twitter mm-hmm. for saying and manages to have, I think, interesting conversations with lots of people about them and not just get shouted down all the time. So I'm very, very impressed by her social media and this kind of community she has cultivated on it of people who aren't just going to yell at each other all the time.
2: Nuance on Twitter?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Would you say her success is due to phrasing things as
1: questions rather than statements? You said she asks a lot of questions. Is that why there's less arguments, do you think?
0: Yeah. So she's part of this rationalist community that if you're in those spaces, generally speaking, that's how people operate. That's not how Twitter operates, but that (laughs) is how people in this community do. And so I think she's managed to find people like that on there. And yeah, so I think it's phrasing things as questions, as being constantly willing, and this is actually what her book is about largely, to admit that she's wrong and doesn't understand things. So she'll say, hey, this seems like it's the case. What does everybody think? And sometimes people say, actually, that's totally wrong because blah, blah, blah. And if she believes it, she'll be like, oh, yeah, really good point. Okay, yep, I was wrong about that. And that ability to just, like, as she talks about in her book, update. It's not admitting you're wrong. It's just updating your conclusions. Mm -hmm. With new information, yeah. Yeah, with new information is what she's advocating for. It's what we should all be doing. I mean, obviously, I believe in this mindset pretty much wholeheartedly. But the fact that she is such a good exemplar of doing that, I think, is really interesting. And also... She attracts people like that to her as well. Hell yeah. Dave, what's poppin'? How dare you call me by my government name, first of all? Okay. Sorry. Laser corn. Thank you. What's popping? Uh,
1: <laughs> kidding. Well, you know, I don't really read books because that's what nerds do. No. Uh, <laughs>
2: no, no, no. It's true and you should say it.
1: <laughs> what me and my wife have been watching lately is Warrior on HBO Max. And it is just, it is phenomenal. It is so good. Warrior? Yeah, the show is called Warrior. It's about Chinatown. Like when Chinatown was first starting up. Oh, it looks like San Francisco, maybe. San Francisco. Yeah, that's right. It's set against like the Chinese Exclusion Act. And so the main character comes over on a boat and he starts getting harassed by these cops and he beats up the cops. And like gets noticed by this recruiter for the gangs or tongs that exist in Chinatown, one of the gangs. And so he gets inducted into this gang, the Hop Wei. And then it's this whole thing where he's there to find his sister. And it's so cool. The martial arts fight scenes are so good. The dialogue and writing is so good. The atmosphere is so good. Everything about it is phenomenal. And it feels like game of thrones level epic as far as like these warring factions and stuff and the larger looming threat of you know the exclusion act and the government coming down on everything they'll do like some genre mashups like they do this one where they have to go retrieve this body and it's like martial arts meets wild west gunslingers for the whole episode there's one where he's fighting on like this boat and the lady who runs it is very pirate themed it's just very cool it's a cool show i highly recommend everyone check it out we're just starting season two and we heard it got picked up for season three so very exciting Nice. My wife uh, trains in martial arts and stuff, so she's really into it.
0: Oh, awesome. I was going to say, HBO Max has some fucking awesome stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm not like going to go in hard for just rando streaming services. Lord knows we have enough of them. But some of the stuff that is on HBO Max, including the DC Universe stuff, I really love Doom Patrol.
1: I've heard Doom Patrol is good. Jovin
0: keeps trying to get me to watch it. Dude, watch Doom Patrol. I think it's really great. Mm-hmm. I really, really loved it. So I- Highly recommend it. It's got a bunch of great kid stuff on there, too.
2: What's the difference between HBO Max and, like, regular HBO?
0: It's their streaming service. Okay. Like, all these streaming services, it has the companies, I guess, that are owned maybe under the same corporate umbrella. So, like, DC Universe Cartoon Network, I think, is on HBO and Max. It's just got a bunch of like media partners content as well, which would be different channels.
2: Right, because we're all just doing like turbo cable now. We're like, we're done with cable. Time for turbo cable.
0: How many streaming services do we subscribe to? Hold on, I'm going to count. One, two, three, four, five, six. We subscribe to six fucking different streaming services.
1: Dang. I'm up there too. I think I'm at five. Yeah, I'm also at five.
0: Our sixth was fucking Acorn, which that's the British one. It's like a bunch of BBC stuff, which was a total mistake since it's all the bad (laughs) BBC stuff. It's 99% Housewives solving mysteries. (laughs) And look, it is great. And Rachel certainly loves those, but it's not the good ones. So yeah, I cannot endorse Acorn. I thought it was going to have like all sorts of great BBC stuff on it. And it really does not. They got the dregs.
2: I feel like Criterion Channel is the way. Oh, fuck. I think I canceled my subscription. Does that add one to your list?
0: Yes, it does. It's
2: worth it. I stopped paying for it just because I have not had the attention span to watch movies at all, but good shit. Like I don't understand why more—I mean, I do because rights and doing this stuff is difficult, but like, finally it's like, hey, do you want the commentary track for this movie on the streaming service? And you can get the commentary track and bonus features and shit. I just really miss when DVD menus had like fun little games on them and stuff. Like DVD menu design is a lost art. (laughs) And I think we really just need to bring it back into the fold.
0: I watched one thing on Criterion this past week, which was a 55 second David Lynch film. Which one? Premonitions Following an Evil Deed.
2: Hmm. Yeah. How was it? Was it everything you hoped it would be?
0: I guess the deal was you gave them gear that was like, early film gear.
2: Oh, it's the Lumiere Brothers fucking compilation, whatever it is that a bunch of people, like Michael Haneke did one.
0: Yes, exactly that. And the rule was it couldn't be more than 55 seconds, only natural light. It's like Dogma 95. Yes, exactly. Although even harder to see because the gear is like a hundred years older than that. So like you watch this thing, you're like, I think those are humans. (laughs) <laughs> Although what is going on? It's very hard to understand visually because it's so low res and odd. Yeah. So it took me a couple watches to understand what, if anything, was happening. But it starts out a little bit twin peaksy in that they find a dead body and I guess cut to a bunch of aliens doing stuff. It's very confusing. And you said this is 55 seconds? It's 55 seconds, yes. It is a 55-second film. I can totally make time to watch that. Yeah. <laughs> Check it out. I think a lot of them are on YouTube. It was under the Lynch, you know, tab or whatever on Criterion.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite streaming service, just Lynch tab.
0: Layton, what's popping?
2: What's popping for me is actually a movie that I watched several weeks ago. It's an A24 movie called Saint Maud. Did I recommend this on the show already? I feel like we talked about it. I talked about it in the Discord. Fuck it. <laughs> Folks, if this is a double recommendation, then it just means that you should watch it. In a respectable 90 minutes, or it's like under 90 minutes, it looks like it is a A24 like post-hereditary ripoff and that it's going to be bad, which I've been burned before on that. Like Relic was one of those. And God, that movie sucks so fucking bad.
0: Are you kidding? I was just reading about Relic. Really? Really?
2: God, it fucking sucks.
0: Literally 10 minutes before we started recording, I was just reading about the book and movie Relic.
2: What were you reading about it? That it has the most obvious symbolism and not even remotely any form of character or character development. So you have any form of emotional connection with any of the characters. It's just like, why do I give a fuck? Put a fucking key light in
0: here. That's what they said, yes. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to interrupt yet. I'm going to. The thing that was crazy to me about Relic was that it came out in 97 and I have a pretty good memory for movies that came out. We're talking about a different movie. Oh, we are? Yeah.
2: Relic, like 2019. It's like a new A24, newish. Wait, what
0: are you talking about? That's a different film, then, yes. There was a massive, like, airport bookstore level horror novel called Relic oh. in the 90s. And then there was a movie version of that in 97 called The Relic. It's like a monster gets loose in a museum kind of movie. Apparently, it was a huge hit. I have no memory of this whatsoever, which is crazy to me because I generally have a good memory for these kinds of things. I was reading about it because I was like, I would have been 22 or whatever when this came out. Like, I would have been aware enough of what was happening. No memory of it whatsoever. So I was just reading about the book and the movie. And I've totally derailed your thing.
2: How dare you? Yeah, this is a very different movie from the bad movie that I'm not recommending, which is Relic, which sucks. The movie that I am recommending is Saint Maud. With movies, if they are like, sub-90 minutes and they're really tight and, like, economical, it can kind of be a bad movie and I'll still really like it, but that's not the case here. It's a really good movie. If you like body horror, any sort of, like, spiritual horror, like, it's just really tight and neat and you get in, you get out. It's fun, mean ending. I just love when a horror movie is mean to the characters, just like really cruel and mm. chooses the most mean-spirited way to close out. It's great. I love it. It does the heart good. It ended and I cackled like a witch into the night. So St. Mont. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's great.
2: That is what's popping. Uh, now
0: next segment.
2: You're gonna let me introduce my segment.
1: Is there a theme song from this one, too? Yeah, and it
0: goes right here. There is, but there's no associated bit, yeah. No associated chicanery. Do you want me to start doing some? (laughs) It would add another 45 minutes to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) The thing that our podcast really needed, which is more dead hair. (laughs) Yes, more failed bits. Okay,
2: final segment, peaches and lemons, which is combo gratitude exercise and also airing of a petty grievance. So we'll start with a lemon, which is a petty grievance. And we will each do one. And then we will do our peaches, which are three super cool, nice things that we're happy about. Peaches and lemons. Peaches and lemons. So someone squeeze a lemon into this horrible paper cut that I've given myself imaginarily.
0: I'll go first real quick. This detached garage that Dave and I are detached garage buddies for has terrible Wi Fi. I called a Wi Fi consultant because I was so sick of this bullshit, just like constantly having to deal with this. I'm currently running an Ethernet cable out. The reason the door is cracked behind me is because the Ethernet cable is running from this computer into the house. It's a 200 footer and it just reaches. The guy was supposed to come Monday, yesterday, and he was sick and he couldn't do it. So I was on the verge. Of fixing the Wi-Fi, and it didn't happen. But it's going to. Someday. Someday it will.
2: So does that mean that your Wi-Fi will actually be good?
0: Yes. So what's going to happen is, because he came over and did a consult, they're going to run a cable from the house in here. I'm basically going to have a separate router in here just for the Wi-Fi. So the Wi-Fi should actually be pretty good. Like, it should be as good as in the house, which is solid.
2: That's amazing. Long time
0: coming. Oh, I mean... It's like, we've been in this house for five years now, and it has been an issue ever since then. (laughs) It was one of those things, a little self-helpy for a second here. I was just like, I am so tired of dealing with this problem, maybe I should just ask for help. And then I Googled LA Wi-Fi consultant. Someone came up. I called them. First steps were towards toward solving a problem. But it was one of those things where I was like, why the fuck didn't I do this five years ago? I'm just stupid for trying to figure this out myself. <laughs> five years. Five fucking years. Oh, it makes me so mad at myself.
2: Yeah, like having the realization of if you keep saying like, oh, I'll take care of this at some point, some point is never going to get there. There is never going to be a point where you're going to magically be like, I want to do this now. It's like, it's going to suck if you do it now, but it'll suck more if you do it later. So just minimize the suck.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I actually have a dedicated cable in here. That's smart. Coming from the house as well to the thing. The door
0: doesn't need to be cracked because we literally drilled a hole, (laughs) so yeah. (laughs) That's what we're gonna do. I didn't, but someone professional with that. Yeah, I'm terrified of even drilling a hole, Mm -hmm. like to do that myself. I once tried to install and get ready for this, a curtain rod in our bedroom and immediately ran into a drywall that I couldn't drill through and then it stayed like that for two years until we were doing other improvements on the house and just asked the contractor to fix it.
1: I had never run into drywall that was too
0: hard to drill through. Whatever. See, I don't even know what it was. This is outside my wheel. Was there something behind the trap? Yes, there was something behind it that I couldn't get through. Whatever. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> A proper human came and did it. Okay, anyway, that's my what's popping. Uh, sorry, my what's popping. So mad about this Wi Fi thing. Uh, That's my lemon Wi Fi guy was sick. Although, of course, I hope he feels better. Yeah. I also
1: have a home thing that I've been dealing with. (laughs) I canceled my home warranty and immediately things started going wrong. Oh, no. Since I've canceled my home warranty, the toilet has died twice. Our doorbell stopped ringing because it's a ring doorbell and it stopped charging. And then mm-hmm. a tree fell on our fence.
0: Oh no. Okay. Oh, <laughs> oh, our water heater died. I recommend Ninja Plumber for that, by the way, which they did our water heater and they were great.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's too late. We've already fixed the water heater. For years, I just had this home warranty and they weren't doing anything. And then the one time I asked them, I'm like, hey, can you do this? They're like, oh, we don't cover that. And I'm like, you know what? I'm done with you. You've done nothing for me and I've been paying a monthly premium. I'm done with you. And then as soon as I got rid of it, like 8 million things happened that the home warranty would have covered. I'm like, oh, I hate mm-hmm. this so much. I hate it so That's much.
0: Always the way.
1: Yeah, so I'm too embarrassed to like go back and be like, can I have my home warranty back? So I actually <laughs> went to another company and I'm like, I was displeased. with my last home warranty company. Perhaps you would like to give me a home warranty. And they did. And I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and how soon does it kick in? They're like 30 days. And I'm like, mm, is there any way to shorten that? <laughs> but I don't want to let on that. I immediately have things that need fixing. Of course. So I've been dealing with that. That's funny, man. Oh, home repair stuff is the worst.
2: Yeah. Home repair is good fodder for lemons.
1: Yeah. But also, like, I checked, like, my real estate value. There's, like, those websites, like, how much is your home worth now? And I'm like, wow, much more than what we bought it for. So,
0: yay, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, totally. All right, Layden.
2: My lemon is that I took a big break on watching Sopranos, jumped back into season six Now I'm halfway through season six and I'm running out of episodes and I just have to pace myself. A, because like I started rewatching from the beginning because Vernon's watching it for the first time. And so going from season one where it's like, hey, everybody's happy. We're just going to eat some Capacool to season six where it's just like, this is the most stressful shit I've ever seen. Fuck. Like just everything going wrong. And I usually don't get emotionally invested in media, but I'm feeling some kind of way about certain things that I've been spoiled on and that I know are coming and I'm not ready. So yeah, that's my lemon.
0: I'm sad about Sopranos. How many seasons is it total? Six. It's So you're on the last season. Mm-hmm. So you enjoy the
1: Sopranos?
2: Yeah, I love it. It's really fucking great.
1: I do not like the Sopranos.
2: Really? Please go on.
1: Yeah, I know I'm an outlier. I've never seen a show assemble a more unlikable cast of characters. Like, who is the audience supposed to be empathizing with here? I'm like, oh, Mm. please all get murdered in a mob (laughs) hit, every one of you, (laughs) from the annoying wife that treats her friends like servants to the whiny. "Ah, I'm a mob boss and I act tough, but I'm whiny about like really minor (laughs) stuff that bothers him. (laughs) He's a huge douche to like everyone. Yeah. Everybody just treats people like crap. This
2: is a very valid Sopranos criticism.
1: Yeah. And then like the one person who I'm like, okay, I guess the son, you know, he just wants to play video games or whatever. But then as the seasons go on, I can't stand him anymore. And then I'm just like, oh, please. Please kill all these characters. Yeah.
2: I mean, a big element of the show is like, yeah, each season, a new kind of guy is going to drop. And the new kind of guy is the most annoying guy in the world. And he's going to live too long. (laughs) And you're going to be really excited when he dies. Like every season, it's like, all right, this fucker better get whacked. Like, let's go. But then when it happens, you're like, yay. And then you get to season five and six. And it's like, no, it's the people I like now. God damn it.
1: (laughs) But I don't like any of them. So I don't have that.
2: That's valid.
0: (laughs) Have either of you guys ever seen Atlanta? Yes. I've been meaning to. I really want to. And I haven't seen it yet. It's fucking awesome. Atlanta's great. And Donald
1: Glover once tweeted, though, like, no one can touch us except for The Sopranos. I'm like, dude, the bar's too low. Atlanta's way better than The Sopranos.
2: <laughs> like, Keith Stanfield is so fucking good in that show, too. Like, that was the first thing I saw him in, and he's just amazing. He
1: rules. And it was interesting that he compared to The Sopranos. I'm like, but Atlanta has, like, likable characters. I'm like, you you empathize with it. It's like, Ern's trying to earn money to take care of his family and stuff, and, like, everyone's just trying to make it. These are, like, characters you can connect with, whereas, like, The Sopranos, I'm like, I hope you all die. <laughs>
2: (laughs) See, my taste in media is I don't want characters that I like or relate to. I just want unrelatable, unlikable fucks because that's what I like to write. Gotcha. And that's what I like watching because it's like, cool, that's not me. Fun. (laughs) Anyway, peach time. Let's each do three peaches, which are good, nice, cool things. I'll do mine first just because they're short. My first one is started learning Beach Boys' good vibrations on bass, which is a fucking killer bass Mm. line. That's a real fun one. And now I always think about the scene from Get Out where that's playing while Tim Heidecker and his family get murdered. It's just like good vibrations all around. Yep. My second one is that I am a very chronically messy person due to the mental illness. And I finally like did a huge deep clean and like took care of a lot of shit that was stressing me out. And now my place is very clean and it's a huge relief. So folks who are also big time depressed, 15 minutes a day, that's all you got to do. 15 minutes, just put some stuff away. And like, it it won't be so like insurmountably
0: awful. And then you feel better. So that's cool. I hear that 15 minutes a day can save you 15% or less on uh, car, insurance. <laughs> car
2: insurance. I'm going to fucking hang up on this call. You've committed a lot of bit treasons on this episode, but that—that that is pretty bad. I'm going to call Nintendo on you. Yeah, Please. And then my third peach is on Sunday. It was the eighth annual on cinema at the cinema Oscar special. And it was uh so good. Folks who listen to this show know that I never shut up about on cinema at the cinema, but it was fucking incredible. The transmedia experience of you have to watch two streams at once, side by side, both of which have audio going and that like start separate from each other, and then the streams converge. And then people die. And I don't know shit about what happened to the Oscars because they don't talk about it. So I can't express enough how much I love on cinema and how impressed I am by like the technical aspect of this special and also like the acting in it. Like Greg's acting in the end of this special is like, Mwah! give him the Oscar. <laughs> Everybody watch on cinema. It's the most inaccessible piece of media you could ever recommend, but it is also the most brilliant piece of comedy of the past like 20 years. So <laughs> those are my peaches.
1: Okay, so I guess I'm next. My parents came out to visit. It's the first time I saw them since the pandemic happened. They got to meet their new grandson, Amir. It was a great trip. We went up to Santa Barbara. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Went to the beach there, which they loved because the kids got to play in the sand. Uh, And we went to this cool little park playground area.
0: Oh, did you go to the one with the big wooden castle? No, I didn't see that one.
1: It's just kind of this sprawling playground park that was right by the beach.
0: There's one in the middle of Santa Barbara. I think they even call it like Kids World or something. Uh It's a public playground. There's no admission. And it has a gigantic wooden castle with like secret passages. If you guys ever go up there, do it because it's like kid paradise. It's amazing.
1: Oh, dude. I don't know how we missed that. But we went to like a turtle pond where there was a bunch of like turtles and stuff. Cool. It was a fun trip. And then number two would be getting my vaccine on May 5th. I've been looking forward to it for a while. I just want to get it done. And like, Mm -hmm. I know things won't magically return to normal once I have my second vaccine, but I just feel like it'll be like less abnormal. Like it'll be a different level of getting past this. I'll just feel better (laughs) once I'm vaccinated. I'll have gotten past a mental block or something once I have my vaccine, I feel like. Mm -hmm. And then probably... Man, I wrote these before I knew we were going to talk about Nintendo Switch so much, but I've been playing a lot of Nintendo Switch. I've been trying to 100% Mario 3D World. I've been playing a lot of games with Tyler, Pikmin and stuff. And the Nintendo Switch has just been great. It's been my most used console. And I guess that's really just my way of saying, Nintendo, do not dispatch your death squads to kill me because I enjoy your product.
0: (laughs) Here's my Switch question for you. How often do you have controller problems? Because I feel like I have constant controller problems with the Switch. That Joy-Con drift is a real thing. Not just the drift, like buttons not firing. The drift is real, and I've had that with a couple sets of Joy-Cons. But just general controller malaise, I feel like happens to me.
1: Yeah, it is a problem with the Joy-Cons. I have the Pro Controller. I got a couple of those. So anytime I play Smash Brothers or any game where I need Mm -hmm. to be, you know, into it, I can go pro mode. But yeah, they break. Yeah, they are controllers that break and you send them in. And the nice thing about it is they'll fix it for free, or at least they did with my drift. I haven't had A and B not really working or anything like that, but I have had the drift and I've had to send it in. It's
0: been an issue for me.
2: I, for one, have never had any problems with Joy-Cons or any other form of uh, Nintendo trademark copyright products. Of course. And I, for one, welcome our new Nintendo
1: overlords. (laughs) Nice. Playing it safely. (laughs) Always.
0: Brian. Yes. I have three peaches this week. Number one, we painted Audrey's room. (gasps) It was like, it was time. The paint was getting kind of dinged up because that's what happens when you put a child in a room and they just fling themselves around it constantly. So we spent Saturday painting a room. What color? Some kind of white, like, I don't even know the name of it. So Audrey's room, if you remember, Layton has like a green top. Do you remember this? It's like around the walls, there's like a line, and there's maybe a foot of green, and everything below it is white.
2: She was too busy showing me all of her Legos, so I wasn't really looking at the
0: ceiling. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so we just did the bottom part. And it was fun. Audrey helped a little bit, but after literally 30 seconds of painting, she was like, this is hard. I don't want to do it. So (laughs) amen. she gave up. sounds about right. But it's nice to have like a freshly painted room. We're getting her a bunk bed, (gasps) which is very exciting. Like a two bed or like desk on the bottom kind of bunk bed? Reading nook on the top. Hmm. I've never seen a bunk bed like that. Basically, it's just she's going to use the top as a place to sit and read. Wow. That's it. So it's stack beds. Top will be like the book zone. That's awesome. Which is going to be very exciting. Second peach, as I mentioned, I got my second vaccine shot and I had no bad effects. Like I had a headache and other than that, felt totally fine. Which I was prepared to be like laid up for days and Rachel too, like we got ours on the same day and we were both completely fine.
1: Well, here's the million dollar question. What brand? Pfizer, baby. Yes, I'm Pfizer. That gives me hope that I won't be so bad. Cool.
0: Yeah, it really was not bad at all. That was great. Uh, For my third peach, I'll be right back, okay? So just wait right here. Talk amongst yourselves.
1: Time to talk shit. I'm so glad that guy's gone. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Brian. We weren't properly introduced. I'm Lasercorn. I'm sorry.
2: (laughs) Hi, I'm Leighton. It's lovely to meet you. I've been excited to do this.
1: Nice to meet you too. Lasercorn is from a tattoo, correct? Yes. It's a tattoo of a unicorn that shoots lasers on my back.
2: Oh, it's on your back.
0: Incredible. All right. We got a Brian. So my third peach is that this showed up in my house today. Ooh.
2: Happy birthday, Brian, from me and Meowch.
0: Now, to be fair, only Meowch's name was on it.
2: What the fuck, Meowch?
0: <laughs> 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 Hold on. Betrayal.
2: We went splitsies on this.
0: Well, not according to the receipt, but if you can't see, this is a Discovery Lego set. Wow, that's awesome. This is the biggest set I will have ever done, and I am... Very excited to not let Audrey touch it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's so mean. You're just gonna make her watch from afar. Hell yeah. Yeah, this beautiful set.
0: I knew this was from you and me, ouch. So I want to say thank you for for this. It came right before we started recording. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm very excited. That's gonna be a fun project, and it's it's all my favorite. It's the space shuttle, which I love. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Thank you.
1: Belated happy birthday. You have a very close birthday to mine. April 22nd. I'm April 23rd.
0: Thank you. Oh, you're the 23rd. Well, happy birthday to you. Oh, so happy birthday. We're a day off. Yeah. Wow.
2: What zodiac sign is that?
0: I'm Taurus. You know, they usually change around the 21st, 22nd. So it's possible you're a different one.
2: That's exactly what a Taurus would say.
0: (laughs) You know what? I think I'm on the other side of it because my mom was early April and she was an Aries. So I think I'm past the cut, co- which means you would be too.
2: That's exactly what an Aries would say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love asking people what their Zodiac signs are as if I'm one of the people who would be like, oh, that makes so much sense. Like, I don't know anything about it. Classic. Other than like, I'm a Leo and the trope is that Leos are narcissists. So sure, fuck it.
0: <laughs> Pathologize it, baby. <laughs> I don't know anything about it. That stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Do you know about the planet they thought they discovered, planet Vulcan? Do you know about this? I remember no. hearing about it, but I don't. It's a famous thing where in the late 19th century, they thought briefly they had discovered another planet, I think a close planet, like inside the asteroid belt. And all the astrologers were like, oh, of course, that totally makes sense. Here's why, blah, blah, blah. And then the evidence went away. And they were like, oh, uh, actually, no, sorry, actually. We were wrong. <laughs> anyway, LaserCorn, thank you for being here. This was so much fun. Oh, nice. I have to ask you. Yes, please. Before we go,
1: Ninja Sex Party, are you planning to get back on tour post-pandemic, or when do you see that happening, if at all?
0: You know what? That actually tees up another peach I could have said is, which we do have an acoustic show we taped, which is coming out this weekend, and people have to buy tickets first. But that's the only touring, quote-unquote touring, we're going to do this year.
2: I've never heard this before. Where can you buy tickets for this thing?
0: Well, (laughs) you can go to ninjasexparty.com slash show and get them there. It's fun. Danny and I did an acoustic set with our producer, Jim Roach, who's playing acoustic guitar. And it was really fun. We taped it at the Lodge Room here in Los Angeles, and now we're putting it out. So hopefully people show up. It sounds like it was
2: a real NPR tiny sex concert.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it was our tiny sex concert. I'm so mad. Dan wouldn't let me call it unbuttplugged. I'm so mad about it. (laughs) It's the perfect name. It's the perfect name for it. And he wouldn't fucking (sighs) know. didn't think it was classy or something. But for touring, yeah, we're not going to tour this year. We'll tour next year. Okay, But, you know, I want to play it super safe. Also, there's a mad scramble for venues right now. It's also hard to book things, but Mm -hmm. we honestly haven't tried. I want to give things time to shake out and just like chill, and then we'll worry about it next year. Yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, probably the numbers, at least in this country, are going to get better and better. I think there will be plenty of shows and stuff, maybe it reduced capacities, blah, 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 this year. But we're just going to give it a while to chill out.
1: Just throwing it out there, I saw a band, I forget which band, they did their concert in giant inflatable, like, hamster balls. <laughs> like, they're yeah. in the, and all the audience had to, like, get one if they
0: want to go to the show. It's an idea. Full on bubble boy. Well, the other thing is we have to get, like, our band back from Canada first. right, And so until they can be safe and vaccinated, which will hopefully be by end of summer, Mm -hmm. we can't do anything. We did the acoustic show, but that's like pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah, Until Twerp can get here from Canada or we can get up there safely. I mean, the numbers are pretty bad up there Mm. right now. So it's a complicated thing. We just decided to err on the side of caution, but I think once next year starts, we'll be all good. It's such a weird time to be a touring person. Because there's no right answer and everyone's doing something different.
2: Mm -hmm. Weird time to be a person. And speaking of being a person, LaserCorn, you are a person who exists online. Where can people find you?
1: As far as you know. (laughs) YouTube.com slash LaserCorn. Twitch.tv slash The LaserCorn Show. And that's it. Go to one of those places. Cool. Or if you want to see me smash stuff, Instagram.com slash coin. I was about to
2: say. I recommend the smashing video. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been absolutely wonderful. Thank you
1: for having me. It was very nice meeting you.
2: Yeah. Folks, as always, take care of yourselves. Hope you enjoyed the episode. You should check out isitmayo.com. I'm just saying that you should do that. You should look at what isitmayo.com. Yes,
0: it's a good website.
2: It's a very good website, especially if you would like to purchase
0: merchandise with late night designs on it.
2: So you should do that. And um, all right, everybody, stay safe. Come hard. That's the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. I regret this catchphrase. Goodbye.
0: Late Night is produced by Brian Wett, Leighton Gray, and Jarek Centeno. Follow us on Twitter at Leighton Knight, on Instagram at Leighton underscore Night, or email us at Night at gmail.com.